talks first. You talk first. I talk first. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Han Talks First. This is the podcast you're looking for, a Star Wars podcast. We talk about the latest and greatest in Star Wars world. And as I told you before, I'm joined by a very special guest this week. Some of you might know who this is from her hosting on the Star Wars show for the High Republic. And some of you might know her from some of her other creative endeavors as well. But I'm happy and excited, so thrilled to introduce to be joining us today is Christina Ariel. So here she is. How's it going? Hi, it's great. I, like I just told you, I'm very, I'm so excited to finally meet you and get to talk about Star Wars and a bunch of other, you know, geek culture and just learn a little bit more about you. And I'm sure our listeners will as well. So again, thanks for joining me today. And I wanted to start off by just getting to know who you are a little bit more for people out there who might not know your name yet or just are curious to find out more about you. So yes, you are the host of the Star Wars show, but you do so much more. You do, you're an actress, a singer, uh, you're an avid player of tabletop games and does a lot of cosplay. So tell me a little bit about who Christina Ariel is and welcome to the show. Thank you again. Um, so my name is Christina Ariel. I am a cosplayer and a tabletop role player and actress and a host and a mom and a wife and an avid collector of things. <laughs> and what kind of things would you be talking about there? Um, I have a rather extensive Doctor Who collection that I'm a very big fan of. I collect action figures. It's actually really funny. I have a bunch of nerd books, and I finally got to the, my stepson is eight, and he's at that point now where he's like, can I check a book out from your shelf? <laughs> of course you can. Which one are you going to get? How are the comic pages? Be very careful. And because I've, I've got like a whole bunch of like old school X-Men comics. And then I've got like the truth, red, white and black, which apparently is a super hot commodity right now. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm really excited that I have them because I'd be really, really despondent if I did not know the backstory. But now I do. Um, I just love pop culture in general. I always have. And I was made fun of a lot because I had a um, bunch of useless knowledge in my head. But now that's my job. <laughs> so that's it's great. Useless. It's useful. So you're, wa you're watching um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And you're oh, enjoying it? I am. I just got done with episode four and I uh, like on the level of loving tropes and television i can see kind of what they're doing and the pictures that they're painting of all the different directions he could go with carly and with sam and with bucky and with john walker but it's just oh and i'm not going to spoil it but there's like this scene it's actually really funny um i was talking to joanna robinson about the show and we talked about the fact that yes captain america has used a gun before but captain america's never really led with a gun and so I was watching, my son came in for the latter part of the episode and he goes, Captain America doesn't use a gun. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's like, just because he has doesn't mean that he should. And, and I don't right. know. And it was really, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really well done. It's also, I'm like, I wish it had more episodes than six. Oh, I know. But I know. What are you going to do? Uh, I love the show as well. Me and my girlfriend do a Falcon and Winter Soldier after show here on the podcast. And uh, similar to what you just said about Captain America using a gun, um, my girlfriend had mentioned 
um, Captain America in the MCU, um, Chris Evans version, is very much represented as a shield, like for his character. And when they transition to this new John Walker guy, they they really focus on when they show him, they show him wielding a gun. And he's less of the shield, more of the protector that Steve was. Mm-hmm. And this guy is more of the 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 attacking kind. And it kind of shows his character in comparison with, with Steve. And Absolutely. And also, it's interesting because you see the ego of John Walker, which is something you never, ever saw from Steve. Like you saw how humble Steve was, even when it came to an age of Ultron trying to pick up Mjolnir. Like he could have right. done, it, but he right. didn't, which was, I mean, it was great when it did happen, but it was also like, he wasn't going to, he knew he was worthy on a level, but he didn't need to prove he was worthy. And so right. the thing now where I think it was, I, I was waiting this whole time for John Walker to be like, do you know who I am? So when he said it, it just hit me in this way where I'm like, no, like, why would you say that? Like, it's like, oh, well, it's it's a product of the property of the government. I've got right. the government. It's like, mm. <laughs> like it's they don't they talk about how like the like the super serum or even any kind of power amplifies who you are. If you're a good person, you become a great person. If you're a mean person, you become an even more mean person. You become even more hateful. So it'll be really interesting to see just how far they take him. Like if they go like full us agent, like what's going to, what's going to go down. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. Like you said, I, I, it's sad that there's two more episodes left and then this show is over, but the, the places they could take it is there's so many different directions. And I, I can't, I, I think eventually it's leading up to Sam taking on the mantle, taking that shield back and kind of carrying on that legacy of captain America it's just a matter of how do we get there? And I think it's a great journey to tell rather than just picking up after Endgame and, okay, he's a new Captain America. It, it took a deeper dive into it. And I think it's fascinating. And I think it was necessary, especially when you're dealing with like the weight of it. Like, yes, there was a Black Captain America with Isaiah Bradley, but not in this zone. And so to, I think to set the expectation of people and show like that this person, like all these people have the possibility to be worthy, but this person is representative of what Captain America can be and should be not necessarily what you think he is, but like what he can be and what we can aspire to. And I think it's, it's just so, Oh, it's so beautiful the way that they're doing it because it, it gives a depth to it and it's getting people to feel it and to see it. And you're so excited because it's as the story progresses you see those characteristics in Sam that make him so worthy. Like the fact that he didn't go in guns blazing with Carly. He sat down with her and he talked to her and it could have been, and it would have worked. Yes. It was going to work, but you had somebody come in there. That's like, no, 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 no. This isn't the way that we've done it, but this is the way that we could do it. There can be diplomacy. There can be these kind conversations it doesn't have to be like one extreme to the next. It's like, just have a conversation where you're actually listening to one another, where you're making each other feel heard. And it makes such a difference. 100%. Is it, is it weird for you? It's kind of odd topic that you're, you know, you've been on multiple panels in the past and you, you host a couple shows here and there. Is it, is it weird for you to be interviewed or to like join me on this show and be kind of on the other end of that? Um, 
it is weird because it's talking about yourself and I have social anxiety. So it's this also the, the programming of being raised in the church where it's like, don't gloat, don't brag. So talking about yourself still feels kind of weird. Yeah. It's, but I love talking to people. So it's like, I get to have conversations with different people who, I don't know. Usually I have an interview with people and then we become friends. So Ooh, <laughs> I, I, hope, made a new I friend. hope we can be friends. I hope so. Oh, and we're done. So yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, uh, bring me from like the the beginning, the early stages of your life and how you how you came to be the person you are today. So you're from Columbus, Georgia, and at one point you decided I'm going to California. I'm going to do all these great things. How did that get started? What made you want to make that jump and kind of get out here and do your own thing? Ooh. Okay. So first of all, I'm originally from California, like where I was born was in California, but I'm an army brat. So I was raised all over because my my dad was stationed in Fort Benning. We retired in Fort Benning. My stepdad got stationed in Fort Benning. He retired in Fort Benning. So, but it all kind of kept coming back to Fort Benning in Georgia. And a lot of my formative memories are there. I also lived in Kentucky for a hot minute. Shout out John G. Carlisle, second grade. But (laughs) I've, I've lived all over with my family and, but Columbus was the place that was home for the longest. And so I would leave and I always came back to Columbus and my, like my stepdad was there. So like that part of it made it really home. And I like, I've, I've done everything. Like I've waited tables. I did loans. I fun fact, Zach Brown has a, like a hotel kind of retreat thing up in North Georgia. And I sang in, I think I was like 19 and I sang at this bar, like in a Playboy bunny outfit singing. I love rock and roll at Zach Brown's like, <laughs> thing because we were supposed to do this festival. Cause at the time I was still doing music and it's like, of course, like when you're starting out, you go and you do festivals and stuff, but the festival got canceled. So we just ended out hanging out at this thing. And um, yeah, I moved to Virginia for a minute and again, came back to Columbus I was selling cars. I sold cars for like a year and a half. I'd worked in restaurant management. And was I happy? No. Because something always felt like I I should be doing something different. And I always used to say I was going to go back to California. So at one point, I was working at this bar called The Pickle Barrel. And I decided that I, I sat down one night and I said a prayer. So God, I'm really not happy. So if you open a window, I will jump out. If you open a door, I'll run through it. But like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be because if it was like, it wouldn't hurt. And the next day I get a phone call that the pickle barrel is going out of business. It was a sign. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it on Facebook to hold myself accountable. I'm going to set a date and this is going to be the day that I move to California. Like fortunately my, my mom was here. She remarried. She was here. And so I packed up my car. My friend Brooke rode with me and like 47 listens through a Taylor Swift album later. <laughs> 36. We drove 36 hours in a day and a half. Like no sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> like we were off and we just drove across the country. Texas was the worst part to drive across because it was just such a long oh, stretch. There's nothing there. And Especially at night and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, when is this going to end? I need another state. But we made it through and I got here. I moved here in November. I met my husband in December and ended up kind of like 
into this life. Like I started working at this bar called Big Wangs and then I went and worked at the bank and then I started working in real estate. And while I was there, I got into this very like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So I started dressing like in these like princessy dresses to work. <laughs> I would come to work and I would call my boss and be like, hey, um, it's Star Wars Day or it's Star Trek Day. Like one of the two. And I would come to work in costume because I was the receptionist at the time before I, I became that. a coordinator. So I would sit like at reception like, hello, welcome. <laughs> like just on 47 with all of my collectibles behind me, like at my desk and occasionally boxes of nerds because those are just good for the soul. And I ended up doing, I was like, oh, I used to say like, I'm going to go and I'm going to cosplay. And I was like, if I ever work in entertainment, the only thing I want to do is work with a big sci-fi property so that I can go to conventions free for the rest of my life. That was my, Hell yeah. <laughs> and I ended up going to my first convention here because my first convention was Dragon Con. And okay, so I had gone for St. Patrick's Day in I think 2013, no, 2011 with my friend. And all of a sudden we see people walking by and they've got like big furry tails and you see like costumes. And I'm like, these are my people. Oh, <laughs> I found them. And I did. So it turns out that our hotel was hosting Momocon. So I ended up getting to like be around all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm coming back. And so I like we bought tickets to Dragon Con, got to like come back. And uh, it was great because it was during the time that Spartacus was still on TV. So I got to see like Manu Bennett on a panel and like, oh, my God, I love Spartacus. So cool. And I ended up going there, going to Dragon Con falling absolutely in love and was like I did my my first cosplay was Lieutenant Ahura and I was like I'm gonna keep doing this but I didn't end up doing it until 20 like 17 or so and like I got married and I was like oh I want to do something fun I'm gonna go to a convention and so I like went all out I did like a Gwenham cosplay like and had like veins coming up out of my face and like that ended up hitting on the internet, I guess. And then I started getting more offers to do stuff. So I got my first Hollywood job with the library bards and they were doing a video for their video, their song. Now you have the bridge spot. And so I got asked to play Lieutenant Ahura. It was like, who has a Star Trek uniform? I was like, I do. And so like, I got to be her. And I remember standing on the set. I had lost my grandfather who was a big Star Trek fan. And he like, he was on the enterprise when he was in the Navy. And so he got to watch the premiere of Star Trek see the enterprise on the wow. and he was just so cool like he took me to my first comic book store and everything when i was like five and he was so dude he was so cool when the lion king came out he took like the afternoon off work and took me and my sister to go see lion king and then as soon as it was over he took us to toys r us and he let us get like a walkman and so me and my sister would like under his desk and they're like my grandparents law office with like these two headphones turned out so we could both listen to the soundtrack like coloring our lion king coloring book and we're like grandma look at all our lion king stuff great <laughs> that's and a great grandpa he, he was fantastic. And so, like, it was nice to, like, have my first thing that I did, like, kind of honor him and the thing that we love together. But I stood on the set that day and I was like, you know what? Like, this is huge for me. Like, I got to play someone I admire. And I was like, if nothing else happens, if I never do another thing in Hollywood, I want Nichelle Nichols to know that this exists and I want her to know what she means to me. Fast forward about a month and a half, two months later, I get asked to do a convention 
and sit like be at the table with Iona Morris, who was the voice of Storm from X-Men the Animated Series. She was also on Star Trek. So she was on the Star Trek alley. So who is sitting at the table directly to my right for two days in a row that I get to hang out with? Nichelle Nichols. Oh, no way. The second day that we're there, the video comes out. So there's, there's a video of me watching Nichelle Nichols watch me play <laughs> Lieutenant Ahura. And like every time I would walk by her table, she would go pew, 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 pew. You got on my outfit because I was cosplaying Lieutenant Ahura. And <laughs> it was the coolest thing in the whole entire world. And she was so nice and so gracious. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's a really cool sign and full circle moment. Keep moving forward. Yeah. And And then I ended up doing cosplay culture magazine with my Wonder Woman and my Misty Knight. And I did a couple more conventions. I did LACC and then I just started like cosplaying and I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to do all the characters I've ever loved and it's going to be great. (laughs) So I did. I just like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm a professional cosplayer. I was just like, oh, I like to cosplay. And then I'm kind of by proxy became a professional cosplayer because I guess it's technically what you get printed. So that's the thing. And so I was into that. And then I get a friend of mine was like, hey, I want you to meet somebody and introduce me to Satine Phoenix. And she was like, oh, we went to lunch. And she's like, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? I was like, no, but I want to play so bad. I was like, I've always wanted to play. And she's like, okay. And then a couple months go by and she goes, hey, do you want to be on my show Sirens? I was like, okay. (laughs) Sure, I've always wanted to do this. So I played my very first game of D&D live on stream. Wow. And, like making up songs, getting in the character. Like, right. That was, and that character, Ariza, is now a playable character in the video game Idol Champions. So oh, cool. So like play her and like have her skin. So the, the wings are kind of for her. And for Bob, I ended up doing, I went from doing Sirens to working with Critical Role, doing Handbook or Helper and doing Honey Heist and playing Bear Posset. It was a gravelly voice there. She was fantastic. I loved her. And then doing Dimension 20 and playing Barbarella Sarsaparilla Ganglin or Bob. And I just fell into making really cool characters that made me feel really great. And then I started just kind of branching out to other stuff. I'd get other opportunities. I started hosting with Nerdist for some things. And I essentially, when I left my job in real estate, I was like, I don't want to do another job right now, like at all, unless it's in entertainment. I'm going to make my money that way. And I've pretty much had a gig a week since I left. Like, I've wow, that's good. Like I've, but I've worked, cons- I can't tell you the time that I actually took a break where I took a break in the last, I had a baby and I was still working. <laughs> I like all, if you look at a lot of my work that people still post and some of the gifts, I'm pregnant and like half that stuff. And it is. It's like being a mom and balancing that. And I got a hustle. It is. But I like finding out I was pregnant was weird because we bought a house. And then like a week after we moved in, I found out I was pregnant. And I wasn't like I was told I couldn't have kids or if I did, it was going to be like a like a hard, hard thing to do. And I was going to have to go through all these medical interventions. And then I found out I was pregnant. And now I've got an 18 month old (laughs) walking around and it's all of this stuff pretty much just happens and I work really hard to, to do so. And then you fast forward, um, I used to host a show called Nerd Talk Live and um, a lot of my friends, actually one of my, one of my friends reached out and said, Hey, like, I want to introduce you to somebody. And I was like, okay. And it was the Star Wars introduction. I actually did a show with Anthony Carboni 
we did a episode of Fungeons and Flagons with our friend Maude Garrett. And after I found out in December that I was coming on to the higher public and I lost my whole entire natural mind because I was like, shut up. Like, I thought I really thought I was getting pranked for like the longest time. I thought it was a huge, huge prank. And it was like not until I had like a FaceTime meeting and I was like, okay, but like, who are you really hiring? Like, what do you do? <laughs> right. Who are the other hosts? Oh, no, it's just you. Huh? <laughs> like, I, but I was so excited because like just the concept of the higher public and everything that was to come was just such a, it, it was exciting to me. It was, it was new, it was fresh, and it was an opportunity for everybody to come in on equal footing, for everyone to come in yeah. with, like these are new stories, these are new characters, it's a new chance to invest emotionally in these people and to grow with them. But also it's probably going to be someone's entrance into obviously like the prequels and the trilogy and the sequels. Or it's going to, I feel like having that introduction for people who may have not felt like they could get into Star Wars. It's like, this is their opportunity. And I'm just really excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, me too. And so when you were first introduced to the whole High Republic concept and the whole idea for the show, had it already been announced about the High Republic or were you kind of brought in at the time when they were still working on the concept for it? No, this actually, they've been, Michael Seglane started working on this in like 2014. So it's oh, okay. something that's been in the works, like obviously under the banner of Project Luminous, but I was not like I, I came on in in December, and I think they didn't announce me until like January, like January fourth or something like that. And that was oh, when they announced okay. the actual companion show, which I thought the concept was really cool because it's like, oh, you get all the information plus going into the next books, like doing it by monthly. Like you'll know, oh, like what's coming out while we're waiting for this. What am I going to be able to grab? What books am I going to be able to get with comics and yeah. what, what's up with buckets of blood? Books of blood. <laughs> so, uh, well, I loved your story, first of all, of kind of what made you who you are today and all the, the struggles you've been through and kind of your move and everything. I actually related with a lot of it. I'm also a musician and uh, I've also done every job you can think of that you absolutely hate uh, and um, just so I can get to do things I love like like this, like talking to you and, you know, just geek stuff, Star Wars. But uh, do you have a Star Wars story, something that made you so excited about when you got that call? Like it, this could be like how you got into it or what the earliest memory is of it for you. So I'd love to hear it. So I've I've told this story. So if you've heard it for the second time, I'm sorry, but facts is facts. So um my first big time that I can remember seeing Star Wars was the Ewoks. I loved the Ewoks when I was little. I thought they were so cute. And like, that was my like, oh, I like this. The TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Cause I was, I was born in 1986. And so like Saturday mornings, like that's what you were seeing. And I think it was when I really got hardcore into it, was the first one I saw in the movie theaters, which was episode two. And I was so excited about it. And because it was my first Star Wars movie in theaters. 
So that movie is always going to have my heart because it's the first one where that's the first time I heard like on on a in surround sound, like, and it does something to you. Like I still get that same feeling. Like when I saw rise of Skywalker was one of the first movies I went to see after I had my baby. It was my first night out at the theater and just to see like, just like, watch the words scroll and see that familiar print and like feel it. There's just something about seeing a star Wars movie in the theaters and it like it changed my trajectory with it. And I had a best friend. I have a best friend. His name is Jamil. And we, I think it was, I can't even remember our earliest one, but in high school, we would not go to school sometimes and we would just watch Star Wars. So we would watch like the original. But when I think it was like 2005, 2006, we had gotten the Tartakovsky like Clone Wars. I'm actually can look up and point to it right now. (laughs) So we would do these marathons where we would go episode one, episode two, then we would watch the Clone Wars miniseries. Then we would watch episode three. Then we would go back and watch four, five, six. And we would do that all the time. And it was just such a, it was always such a good break if I was stressed out or if I was going through anything that we could go and we could just watch Star Wars. I, (sighs) So in 2006, my best friend, not Jamil, but my best friend Becca got killed by a drunk driver. And I was really, really hard because like right after that, I lost my great grandmother. So it was like all of those big things in succession and just kind of dealing with childhood trauma and all of these different things. And I just remember feeling really sad and broken and depressed and um, I decided that I don't want to live anymore. So I told that to my therapist and I ended up going to therapy and like talking to someone about my depression and working through my anxiety and all of those different things. And it's always going to be a process. And like, it, it may seem like that has nothing to do with anything, but getting back to myself in treatment and in learning coping mechanisms and how to deal with grief in a, in a different way. I learned all that stuff there, but it also made me more comfortable with being who I was and who I am at the core is a person that loves pop culture, that loves geek culture and those parts of myself that I was embarrassed to show because I'd been made fun of for them and held on to that kind of stuff getting treatment for myself helped me delve into the things that are my passions and to honor my passions and to love my passions. And this is one of my passions because it is tied to all the things that I love are tied to people that I love. So it's 2010 watching star Wars with my grandparents on a visit to California. It's watching star Wars with Jamel. It's seeing the movie in theaters. It's, been a safety. It's been a safe place for me. And I think one of the things that I think about a lot is so many people found solace in those rough times in Star Wars. Yeah, And it was something where if you were teased, you could go and you could 
find a group of people who had common interests that didn't think it was weird that thought, oh, wow, that's cool. It's how I got Jamil. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have had this friend to go through those things with if we didn't have this thing that bonded us outside of the fact that we both thought each other was cool. <laughs> Even if nobody else really did and thought we were weird. And I think it's been therapeutic for me even going into like reading the higher public books now, like there's this constant, and even in all of Star Wars, there's really this constant thread of grief. And I've dealt with a lot of grief, especially recently. And we've all, we all have, honestly, we're stuck in this pandemic with this constant overhanging threat. And it's depressing and it's sad. And sometimes we need our passions and the things we love to bring us back to who we are. 100%. And I think even from my extremely low points to the high points of getting a, a job of my dreams, it's I needed every single low to appreciate it. And it's a part of my story. That part of my story is it's big because I wouldn't be here to enjoy this thing that I love. I wouldn't be here to be a part of this thing that I love in a way that the person who thought that she didn't deserve to be here anymore is able to enjoy now. Like if it had not been for that treatment, this girl would not exist. This woman would not have this job. This woman would not be in this position. And so all those things really tie together to create my Star Wars story, to lead to the day where after I moved to California, I went for a walk with my family and we saw the Rogue One premiere set up. And I said, I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to be on a red carpet for Star Wars one day to fast forward to Solo. And I got to model for Air Elhoffer on the red carpet at the Solo premiere. And then fast forward to now where I work for Star Wars. So, I mean, I think the big thing of that is I wouldn't have been in those positions if I still believed myself unworthy of what I knew I was capable of. I wouldn't have gone to the Rogue One premiere and I walked up with my family and saw it being set up and said, I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to be at a Star Wars premiere. Also, those ships are really cool. Fast forward, I'm at the solo premiere and standing under the Millennium Falcon dressed as Lando Calrissian, like flanked by two Lando Calrissians by Donald Glover and by Billy D. Williams. Fast forward to now, and I work for Star Wars, which is just a, a really strange and beautiful thing that I appreciate a lot more because I know that there's always, all of your choices lead to something. And I could have stayed in Columbus. I could have just resigned myself to this is the best that I can get, but I didn't. I was, I kept dreaming and I kept hoping. And for a story that at its core is about hope, like the story that George Lucas was telling was a story of hope and what could be even in the face of grief of growing up with 
a war raging with all of these things happening, you can still do incredible things. You can still do things beyond your wildest dreams. If you are willing to step on faith and seize your destiny in a way. And I've, I get to do what I love and be joyful and share that joy with other people. And that's all I've ever really wanted to do. I get to talk to people like you and have honest conversations. So I think, I think that's something everyone should be able to do. And I loved hearing your story, especially the part about star Wars is a safe space and it is for a lot of people. And like you said, it's funny. Attack of the Clones was the first movie I remember watching in theaters as a kid, uh, similar to your story. And yeah, that opening crawl when it's like pitch black, long time ago, galaxy far away, and then bam, it hits you, Star Wars. It's it's one of the few intros in like movies that it completely takes you out of the audience world and brings you into the movie. And it's so immersive and it takes you away from everyday life and it it reflects everyday life in the movie but from the central viewing point of hope it it's just it's amazing especially when like you said you get to do what you love and um yeah we are lucky and so honored to have you in in the star wars world in some way and the star wars show is great a lot of the stuff uh, for the listeners out there that uh christine is talking about you can there's this wonderful article on her on starwars.com that you guys can check out and see a little bit more about her, her journey. And it, it's a fantastic article. I will link it in the descriptions here so you guys can check out as well. Shout out Kristen Baker for writing it. Yes. Go pick up her new book. Please do. And so out of every, let's talk about like current Star Wars. Is there anything that's coming up soon you know, they just made an announcement of a whole bunch of movies and TV shows or even the books. Do you have anything that you're most looking forward to on your list? Ooh. For me, it's definitely Obi-Wan. Uh, I, being like starting my like my fandom from the prequels, Ewan McGregor is like, I got a soft spot for him. So I can't wait for Obi-Wan. All the way back to the rat tail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I am very excited about Kenobi. I think it's going to be really... Oh my gosh, like we're going to see them interact and I am losing it over the idea of seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan together. And it ooh, it's going to be interesting to see if they do it in this way where they actually have a lot of conversations together so that we see yeah. what built between them leading up to him striking him down. So I'm I'm very interested to see what they do and also I just love hearing Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan voice. I think it's so great. It's oh, I also want to see what they do with these new actors that they've just brought in because it looks like an extremely talented crop of people. And I cannot wait to see what they do. And these people are on the ride of their lives. And it's it'll be interesting to see these new people like welcomed into that family. I am really looking forward to Kenobi. I think it's gonna be great. But I also am very excited about the acolyte because yeah. it's maybe end, but it's higher public era. And I'm very excited to kind of see Leslie take that story on. Um, Did you see her Russian dolls show at all? 
I love that show. I watched it twice within a week. It oh, was I haven't cool. seen it. I've, I haven't talked to anyone who's seen it, so that's good to know. It is such a clever show. I also love Natasha Lyonne because she was in one of my favorite movies of all time, but I'm a cheerleader, which was one of my like stay up late catch on Cinemax movies because it's like it was a lesbian story, so they put it on after dark. But um, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's fantastic. It's great because there's this scene where RuPaul comes out and he plays like the he plays one of the counselors at this conversion therapy camp. And he, there's this one line. Every time I think of this movie, it's him running out going, three times up in 20. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also fun because RuPaul was at the solo premiere with Thandiwe Newton. So that was really, it was really cool. Oh, he was? Movie. Yeah. They, they're like really cool. Wow. And so, RuPaul's amazing. It was, it was such a, it was such a moment to see like them walk in and they're both like, tall he is tall tall yeah. tall but she is just like my friend was on the other side and she was dressed as Val so we were like if you see her like point over to the other one so she gets to like like she's taking a picture with her and all of a sudden she's like and you see her like oh my friend is over there and Andy Newton in her heels and her dress runs over across the carpet to me like gives me a hug and we had a moment and I was like, <laughs> before I knew that Val wasn't going to give me more, but it was nice. That would, that would be, I would actually really would watch that if they like did a deep dive into her and like, it was like her and Woody Harrelson. I would watch that. I would too. hundred percent. That too could With, be a Star Wars story. Sure. Why not? Solo 1.5, I guess. Oh, well it'd have to be before. Oh, before. Before, before, yeah. I mean, obviously, unless we're getting weird with it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I would um, so when you were at that that solo premiere, you were in cosplay, mm-hmm. correct? So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your cosplays and specifically, um, you know how how you you design them if you start from scratch like some people do and how you decide what you're going to be or what challenges you face in that. I am not a good crafter. I am a really, really good shopper and stylist. And there's this idea that you have to be a professional level costumer to cosplay. You don't get a costume, put it on your body, you're a cosplayer. Like it's, play it's fun go do the thing i'm very fortunate that i've worked with some really cool designers on certain costumes or like even my my valkyrie cosplay is a marvel licensed bag cosplay it's all about like coordinating it and pulling the look together in my eye in my mind's eye when i think of a cosplay i have an entire look in mind from the makeup look that i want from the sharpness of the eyeliner to what my hair is going to look like. Am I going to do this character with an Afro? Is this character going to have braids? Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to color my hair? Like with our totally spies cosplay that was made by castle corsetry that I did with Alicia Marie body and Utime cosplay, Brianna DeCosta and with Alicia Marie, like those were suits that we had fitted and sized. And also like, don't put any chemicals or color in my hair. So I had to use a can of like spray to turn my hair, this like blondish gold color. So that was fun. (laughs) But I'm always thinking about what 
I want, like what I want to feel like when I wear these costumes. Yeah. Like Wonder Woman, when I put on Wonder Woman, I am listening to Beyonce. I'm walking through, like there is a power that comes when you put that suit on, especially when you're walking through a convention with a shield and a sword and your back is straight and you are just in it. And it yeah, is. and it looks great. Uh, I saw it on your Instagram. It is powerful. It's, that was a great one. I, I love that cosplay. And I've done it a couple different kind of iterations of it. Like I did like a pop art one at LA Comic Con. And then for Long Beach, it was like a Long Beach Comic Con. I did, oh, LBCC. Yeah, I did a, um, like a, an amalgam age mix mashup where the makeup was Black Panther, but the costume, of course, DC. So it was just kind of you know, like the amalgamation. Very cool. where they would have like the cob, like it was just always these like, like Wonder Woman and yeah. uh, Storm, like all of these really cool costumes. And so I thought it would be cool to like be Wakanda and Wonder Woman. <laughs> so that that is so cool. Yeah. One of my, my absolute favorites. And that's the one with the picture on the stairs with the <laughs> kind of thing. I don't know if that translates, but um, no, I love, I love to do characters that I've looked up to since I was a child. So when you see me doing characters like Storm or Misty Knight or Monica Rambeau, like I wanted to do Monica Rambeau for the longest time. I ended up not doing her until 2018. And so like, you have to imagine now, like going into WandaVision and finally seeing like Monica Rambeau and you're like, yeah. It's oh, God, what a joy! Who was great, by the way. I, I loved her in Vision. Tiana Paris was also on this show with Ron Perlman. Um, on it was one of Amazon Prime's earliest original series. It was called Hand to God. It was them and Dana Delaney, and it like she was really, really great in that show. And it's a super underrated. Oh, okay. It's really I, haven't, I haven't even heard of it, so yeah, I'll oh, have yeah. to check that out. Hand to God, and it is. Oh, it's like this man like thinks he's talking to God, and oh, it's really interesting. What's that other oh, one? Yeah. That, hold on, I think it was Hulu, and it's the guy from um, Burn Notice. What's it called? Ooh, it's called Burn know. Notice, and he. Um, oh, I don't know, but it's about a, a family of like they have like a psychic business. It's really fun. Oh, interesting. My my mind does this thing when I start thinking about one thing. And then, <laughs> Wait, let's go on. Let's go down this little loop of what else they were in once upon a time. Do you remember that show? The Pretender was like that dude, and he would his name was Jared, and he would pretend to do all these jobs like race car driver, but he would just he was also on the run. I don't know. He was on NBC and like. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of TV. I stick with like Disney Plus, and that's about it. <laughs> I wish uh, everyone talks about TV all the time, and I never know what they're talking about, but. Uh, I'm an old lady. I've watched a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I want to be respectful of your time. There was tons of stuff I wanted to ask you about, uh, but uh, more specifically um, about some of the, uh, I guess, other shows that you that you work on. Um, If you want to share any of that, so like where people can find you and stuff too, and if there's also any projects you're working on or you know in the middle of that people can check out as well, I'd love you to share it. Uh, well, we just got the announcement that Twitch is bringing us back for season two of Into the Motherlands, where I play a an android named Captain Sila nine one nine, who has weaponized hair. It's fantastic. Ooh. She has braids or an afro. She like, and she charges herself. Like one of her braids will turn into like a charging port. It's really great. 
the first season is on YouTube and it's also on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you like to listen that way. And um, oh, yeah, that's my my big thing that I've got coming up on Wednesdays. I just got done doing a show called Idol Champions Presents that kind of coincided with the rollout of my character in the game on Idol Champions, which is really fun. Uh, most of those people that you see in game, like most of the characters in the game are people I've played D&D with. So that's kind of cool to like see the characters kind of moving around, like playing with Satine Phoenix, who plays her character in the game is Blanya, her first Star Wars, not Star Wars, her first D&D character ever is in the game. So like to have your first D&D character, Joe Manganiello's character, Archon the Cruel is in the game as well. And it's really cool to just kind of like, that is so cool. You know, you're playing with your friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> other stuff that I'm working on. Uh, and we go back to filming uh, the Higher Public show. We've got a new episode coming out next month. Uh, backlog. You can check out Dropout Dimension 20 and watch Pirates of Leviathan. You can check out Sirens of the Realm. Oh, Sirens of the Realms is coming back as well. So we're going to have a, a six episode arc that's going to be coming out on Fridays. Um, so I'm not doing the entire season, but I will be there for part of it. And uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And I usually am like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And you can watch it or you can. <laughs> you do. You do a lot of great stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's it's inspiring to see. Uh you know, you're, it seems like you're the kind who's always, always working, always working on something, always creating, which, you know, I really admire and definitely a great role model for other people out there. So thanks for doing all, all this great stuff for, for people to watch and enjoy. And well, also homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, with that note, like, if there was one thing that you could leave all the listeners or viewers with, today um whether it's a, a word of advice or something uh, inspirational about you that you've experienced what, what would that be that you would want to leave people with about yourself how you treat people matters people the kindness that you put out into the world reverberates through the world and even if you aren't putting it out, hoping it comes back to you in a way it will. So be kind, cheer for your friends when they win. Remember that someone else's success is not the absence of your own. Like go find the thing that you love, follow your passion. And maybe you're not going to monetize it, but you're going to do it. And just find a place to put your heart. <sighs> Very well said. Um, but yeah, thank you again so much for for joining me today, having a little conversation on my show. Uh, it was such a pleasure to meet you, to to get to talk with you a little bit and hear your story. And I'm sure some of the listeners will be such a fan too and check out some of your other work as well. And again, for anyone listening, you can check out links to her in the description below, social media, other projects. And um, we will you know, stay in touch and hopefully earn a friendship from this and see where it takes us in the future. But uh, this was great. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you again for having me. Okay, everybody. That's the show for today. I hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. And I hope you'll join us again soon because we got tons of great stuff coming up in the future. We got the Star Wars show every Monday where I do a live 
stream on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. You can come interact with me or you can listen on the podcast. And every Friday, me and my girlfriend, Chris, host the Marvel talk show where we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, WandaVision, all that great stuff. So you can join us there too. How great was Christina Ariel? If you liked this episode, I would love to know what your favorite parts were. Comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast form, please be sure to rate and review this show. It helps out so much. And follow so you can be notified when we have future stuff come out. And I can't wait to see you all again. So now, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Oh! <laughs>